0: Good morning, friends, and a very warm welcome to St Matthew's this morning, both for those of you who are here in the building and those of you who are joining us online. A really special service planned today in preparation for Easter with a Passion Tide service, uh, which will feature some beautiful singing for us to hear, uh, some wonderful hymns for us to sing, quite long sections of the scriptures to listen to being read to us, uh, a shorter sermon today, as well as the opportunity at a number of points through through the service to be praying to God. And uh, that's where I'm going to go right now before we get a chance to sing together and then Scott will bring us some announcements uh, before we get into the rest of the service. But I'll lead us in prayer, in a a traditional prayer that is said on Palm Sunday. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. Please be standing and join our musicians in singing our first hymn, There is a Green Hill Far Away.
1: Please be seated. And can I say good morning to everyone? If I haven't met you, my name is Scott. I'm one of the ministers here. Delightful to be in church together this morning and nice to have you guys watching at home as well. Uh, I do love this time of year uh, in the lead up to Easter and um, especially the Easter weekend. Such a special time for those of us who know and love the Lord Jesus. A couple of quick announcements from me before we press on with our service. Um, Firstly, really do hope you feel welcome today and um, really want to say if you're here with us, for the first time watching for the first time, maybe first time in a long time, or you just want to get in touch with us. We'd love you to do that, and um, you can do that via uh, an online connect card that is accessible via a QR code on the screen. It's a bit weird pointing your phone at a screen. If you want to. There's a business card in the seats in front of you, and you can point your phone at the business card, and that'll take you to the online connect card. You can fill it in, let us know that you are watching. For you guys at home, there's a link in the description field under the video. For you guys that are normal human beings, you can actually just talk to another human being as well, like me, and you'd be more than welcome to do that. Uh, And we'd be especially keen for you to do any of that if we can help out in any way. Um, Just a reminder for our members that... um, You're able to give your offerings at the back. There's the Lord's treasury box, an ancient piece of furniture, um, or there's an FPOS machine, a modern piece of equipment. Well, friends, it really is all about Easter, isn't it, Um, this week and leading up to the weekend, and many excellent opportunities, uh, including today, but uh, ahead, to be encouraged by all that the Lord Jesus has done for us in his life and death and resurrection And also opportunities to invite friends and family along to. So, uh, Good Friday this Friday, probably my favourite day of the Christian calendar. 8 o'clock, Holy Communion service. I look forward to seeing you there. There's also a 10 o'clock family service if you want to invite friends and family along to that. And on Easter Sunday, there are four services at the usual times. Um, All the details are on postcards. You would have seen them skulking around. They look like that on the front like that on the back um, there's a whole pile of them at the back if you want to grab them or just sneakily put them in your neighbor's letterboxes um, we've got a it's it's a more systematic rather than sneaky way of getting these into the mailboxes of people in the manly area if you've been with us for any length of time you'd be familiar with what this is uh, it's just a pack of postcards to place in local mailboxes because we want everyone in the manly area to have an invitation to join us for church over Easter I think there's ten of these at the back. So if you want to work off some of those hot cross buns or Easter eggs, a good opportunity to do that by inviting people of our local area, placing those little um, postcards in people's mailboxes saying, we'd love to see you at Easter. It's such a good time of year. I'm going to hand back over to Andrew.
0: Uh, well, welcome again from me. I should have mentioned to our guests, those who are with us for the first time online, my name's Andrew Graham. I'm one of the ministers here. Uh, before we have the first of our Bible readings, which John and Trish will bring to us shortly, we're going to come before the Lord in prayer. Uh, we bring all sorts of concerns with us as we walk in through the doors of church uh, news of war around the world, news of people just recovering. If that, from floods in our own state, we'll bring our own concerns. So it's wonderful knowing that God is there and he cares. And we have this encouragement from Psalm 62 to bring our concerns before the Lord, to trust in him. Where Psalm 62 says, Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, I will not be shaken. Trust in him at all times you people, pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. As part of our prayers today, in a moment we're going to pray together in the words of the Lord's Prayer, but first I'll give you a chance just to silently lift up from your heart concerns that you may have before our God, then we'll join together in the Lord's, Lord's Prayer. God truly is our rock, our salvation, the refuge in whom we find rest. So let's come before Him as our Heavenly Father and pray as Jesus taught His first disciples. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins
2: the world awaiting a saviour. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. By your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt Your lips have spoken falsely and your tongue mutters wicked things. No one calls for justice. No one pleads a case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments. They utter lies. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil. The way of peace they do not know. There is no justice in their paths. They have turned them into crooked roads. No one who walks along them will know peace. So justice is far from us and righteousness does not reach us. We look for light but all is darkness. For brightness but we walk in deep shadows. Like the blind we grope along the wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. At midday we stumble as it were twilight. Among the strong we are like the dead. We all growl like bears, we moan mournfully like doves. We look for justice but find none. For deliverance but it is far away. For our offences are many in your sight and our sins testify against us. Our offences are ever with us and we acknowledge our iniquities. Rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on our God. Inciting revolt and oppression, uttering lies, our hearts have conceived. So justice is driven back, and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets, honesty cannot enter, truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. Isaiah
3: 59 The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. He put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. According to what they have done, so will he repay, wrath to his enemies and retribution to his foes. He will repay the islands their due. From the west, people will fear the name of the Lord, and from the rising of the sun, they will revere his glory. For he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. The Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit is on you. You will not depart from you. And my words I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children and on the lips of their descendants. From this time on and forever, says the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A reading from John 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a donkey and sat on it. As it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion see your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt at first his disciples did not understand all this only after jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him
2: now there were some greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival They went to Philip who was from Bethsaida in Galilee with a request. So they said, we would like to see Jesus. Jesus went to Andrew, Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the son of man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servants will also be. My Father will honour the one that serves me. Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it was for this reason I came to this hour, Father glorify your name then a voice from heaven came I have glorified it and will glorify it again the crowd that was there and heard it said it thundered others said an angel had spoken to him Jesus said this voice was for your benefit not mine now is the time for judgment on this world now the prince of this world will be driven out and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die.
4: Moses. serpent in the wilderness, even so must them...
3: He bore the sins of many, and made intercession for transgressors. A reading from Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took on our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God,
2: By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Thank
4: you. i mm-hmm.
2: Christ is the mediator of a new covenant. A reading from Hebrews. Now the main point of what we are saying is this. We do have such a high priest who sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven and who serves in the sanctuary, the true tabernacle set up by the Lord, not by a mere human being. Every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. And so it was necessary for this one also to have something to offer. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest, for there are already priests who offer the gifts prescribed by the law. They serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. But in fact, the ministry Jesus has received is as superior to theirs as the covenant of which he is mediator is superior to the old one, since the new covenant is established on better promises. For if there had been nothing wrong with that first covenant, no place would have been sought for another But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they did not remain faithful to my covenant and I turned away from them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. By calling this covenant new, he has made the first one obsolete, and what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear.
3: Now the first covenant had regulations for worship and also an earthly sanctuary. When Christ came as High Priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made. That is to say, not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place, once for all, by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then, with the blood of Christ, through whom the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleansed our consciousness, consciences from the acts led to death, so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from their sins committed under the first covenant. For Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood that is not his own then Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But now he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people and he will appear a second time not to bear sin but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him
4: Christ the Lord. Just shout for joy.
0: We're told in the scriptures that uh, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, That being the case, we've had quite a feast of God's word this morning, haven't we? Uh, Both read and sung. And um, they don't like us making a fuss of them. Uh, But I want to say to Mark and to our singers, to uh, to John and to Trish, how much we thank God for your ministry to us and for the way you've shared your gifts with us this morning. So thank you so much. And we really ha- have had a feast of God's word this morning as we've heard from ancient pr- an ancient prophet like Isaiah. Uh, and, and we hear from him uh, things that God showed him, not only about the world of his day, but about the whole future of the world. And we've heard something of the story of Jesus in John's Gospel. Uh, As well as hearing the reflection of the writer of Hebrews on the significance of all that took place in the time that Jesus was amongst us on the earth and how he fulfilled so much of what had been promised. Over the next few minutes, what I'd like to do is to draw together some of the things that we've heard this morning by looking at just one sentence that we heard. Uh, it was the very last sentence that Trish read for us from Hebrews chapter 9. It's a long sentence and it has an uncomfortable beginning. It takes us to an uncomfortable place as it reminds us that we in this world live with a great and very dangerous enemy. Now, death is such an awful enemy that we don't even like to think about it. That's where that sentence begins. But the rest of the the sentence shows us why we need not fear our awful enemy. In fact, we can look our awful enemy straight in the face without fear because of all that Jesus has done on our behalf. So let's have a look at this last sentence of Hebrews chapter 9, uh, beginning at verse 27, the first part of the sentence. How good would it be to be able to face your worst enemy without fear? Knowing that there's someone that you can trust to overcome that fear and that enemy. Verse 27 says that, Hebrews 9 verse 27 says that, Every person is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. In the middle of my 20s, one of my uncles died in terrible circumstances. I won't describe what took place. He was alone, and it was awful. So can you imagine the way that I dreaded the funeral? But it wasn't just because his had been such a dreadful shock to us. It was because the church we were going to was one that I'd been to before, For the funeral of another relative and I think it might have been my first funeral I was a teenager and I I don't remember much about that day except that it was so dreadfully sad and so dreadfully empty and so I went with very low expectations to the church for my uncle's funeral. We found out fairly soon after we got there that the minister taking the funeral didn't know my uncle but this is what he said I didn't know this man, you are the people who knew him and it would be presumptuous of me to try and speak to you about him. My duty today is to remind you of the nature of life and death, of resurrection and of judgment, of salvation and eternal life. He said at one point, It may well be that this man's last service to you is to give you an opportunity to consider your own life and death and the hope you can find, the reason for hope you can find in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And I left that service full of hope and thanksgiving to God for all that he's done for us in the Lord Jesus. But it does mean facing up to the reality that one day each of us One day each of us will come to the end of our lives here. One of the certainties of life is that life will end in death. Uh, good diet, uh, lots of exercise, the right kind of medical treatment may stave off that day. But it is one of the few certainties of life that our days on earth will come to an end. But verse 27 says more than that. Not only is it the case that every person is destined to die once... But after that, we will face judgment. And on that day, we will face up before our judge, before our creator, before the one who has made us, lovingly made us, who has made us in his image, who has made us capable of great good and given us beautiful things to enjoy. We'll face up to him in the knowledge that perversely, we have not always followed his ways. Perversely, we haven't always thanked him for the good things that he's given us or honour him in the way that he deserves. Isaiah saw it clearly way back in his day, 700 years before Jesus came. We heard that he said, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. So we have a heavenly shepherd, but we choose to wander off sometimes to stomp off away from him. We want to be able to enjoy the good things he's given to us, but so often we prefer to enjoy them in the way that suits us, and we walk away from his way. Now, I, I turned to God many years ago. It was my first year out of school, and I've been devoted to following Jesus ever since then, but I still see coming from within me a rebellious side to who I am. It wells up deep from within my heart. I just want to do some things my own way. And that's the crux of the problem that we face after we die and we come to judgment. By ourselves, we we cannot overcome the righteous anger of God against us, his indignation against us. Verse 27 of Hebrews 9 says, Every person is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Aren't you glad that there's a verse 28? Because it goes on to tell us this. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. I've um, brought along for you this morning... Uh, my devotional journal. I started this one back in September last year. And uh, this book would actually have some of my best thoughts from the last six months, as I've been reflecting on God's word and preparing to pray to him. Imagine, though, that if instead of having my best thoughts, uh, this book actually had a record of my worst thoughts in the last six months... Imagine if not just my thoughts, but my actions. Things that I've done, which I can't undo. Things that I've said, which I can't unsay. Or things that I have not done, that I should have done. Things that I should have said, that I haven't said. See, at times I've, I've been like a stupid sheep. And, and a book like this would have the record of all of them. Imagine if it was the record of my whole life. I, I wouldn't be able to carry a book like that in front of you. I don't actually like to think about some some of the things that might be in a book like that. There are things that come back and haunt me. But a book like that, it, 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 it records the stories of the human race. The problem of sin is what is contained in that book for me. So imagine if while we're sitting here, That that light up there, there's a number of lights, but imagine that light up there was God. And imagine this is me. A book like the one that I've just described creates an immense barrier between me and God. In fact, it creates an immense weight that I would not be able to carry on the day of judgment. But imagine that this hand here is Jesus Christ himself. He has no record of sin because although he was like us in every way as a human being, he was tempted like we are in every way, he was without sin. There there was no barrier, and there is no barrier between him and his heavenly Father. Uh, He was without sin in the world. But what took place at the cross was he offered a sacrifice for the sins of the world. And so there was a transaction that took place there where the weight of my sin was borne by him, And the weight of your sin and the weight of, well, the sin of people everywhere was carried. That was the load that Jesus carried on the cross. That was the sacrifice, the effect of the sacrifice that he offered at the cross. A heavy weight for him to burden, far heavier than the physical suffering that he bore, was the weight of the sin of the world, which we've sung about this morning. He didn't come to condemn the world, but out of his great love for us, he came that he might carry our sin on the cross and remove the barrier between us and God so that we can have perfect communion with him, so that we can be certain as we trust in the sacrifice of Jesus that when we come before the judgment seat, we will be welcomed home by God. No one's sin is too great and too heavy that Jesus has not carried it. Your sin, as it's handed over to Jesus, as it's carried by Jesus, as you learn to trust him, is carried by him. As it says in the prayer book, Jesus offered a full, perfect and sufficient sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. You can know that on that day of judgment, after you've passed from this life into the next, as you trust Jesus, you'll be welcomed home. You'll be welcomed home. What it means for now is that sometime between when you were born and when you die, and, and we, we will all face that day, somewhere along the road, you need to reach a point like I did in that first year out of school, where you admit how far you've wandered, as a foolish sheep, away from your good shepherd, where you turn back to him quite deliberately and where you gratefully accept this offer of forgiveness, starting again with a, a determination to live a new life. But as you first trust in Jesus and you begin to follow his way, you can know that that sacrifice of his on your behalf has taken effect for you so you can with complete confidence know today you're forgiven from the time you turn to him and you begin to follow him it means that we can can face our awful foe death and it may be terrible the way that we die but knowing on the other side we will meet our loving creator we will meet our Lord Jesus and we will be welcomed into the place that he has prepared for us See, what Hebrews says is just as, just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many and better than that, he will appear a second time not to bear sin again, it doesn't need to be born again, but to bring salvation, final salvation, to those who are waiting for him. We can be completely confident now that we are forgiven, in Christ, but we know in our experience now that not everything God promised in Christ for us has yet come to be. It has not yet to come past. We're still beset by terrible problems in life, by awful sorrows, by ongoing sins. But the death of Jesus once for all triggered a whole new stage in the the story of the universe. It triggered a process by which, an unstoppable process by, by which, he will bring final salvation to his people. will be part of a whole new creation. So we can die at peace. We can lay down our heads at, in rest, knowing that we'll be welcomed by our maker and our judge to our final home, to a place where broken bodies will be made whole, where old bodies will be made new, where sick bodies will be made well, where weary bodies and hearts and minds will be lifted up and made to run and skip and jump. And we'll be filled with thanks on that day. We'll be filled with thanks for our maker and our redeemer, Jesus Christ. Now that future is secure and it belongs to Jesus, who not only died but rose again to demonstrate the effectiveness of his death. Our future is secure if we belong to Jesus. The day we face judgment in Christ is a day to long for because it will be the day when our salvation is fully delivered to us. So in a moment we're going to get to get to sing a song of praise to Jesus. And at the end of the service, we'll pray a prayer of dedication to follow him. But right now, it would be really fitting, I think, as we've considered what it means to wander away like a silly sheep. A prayer of confession to our Heavenly Father, who we know welcomes our plea for forgiveness. Please join me as we pray this prayer of confession. Merciful Father, we've strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We've followed too much the desires desires of our own hearts and have broken your holy laws. We've left undone what we ought to have done. We've done what we ought not to have done. Yet good Lord, have mercy on us. Restore those who repent according to the promises declared to us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant merciful Father for his sake From now on, we may live godly and obedient lives to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Please stand and we'll sing. (laughs) standing. Just a reminder uh, about Easter times next week. Grab a postcard if um, you need the details or if you'd like to share that with someone. It'd be wonderful to have this place full uh, over the Easter weekend. And also a warm invitation, uh, especially those who, who, who are guests, to join us for morning tea across the courtyard and in our function room. As we close, I'll read again for you that last sentence of Hebrews 9 and then I'll invite you to join me in a prayer of dedication. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Please join me. Heavenly Father, with gratitude for all your mercies, We offer ourselves to you as a living sacrifice through Jesus Christ our Lord. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Amen.